It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Cheddar Talk, Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Uh, back on the winning streak for one group of uh, the team that we pay attention to, um, Brewers. Uh, yeah, we need to talk about them, too. It's uh, It's been a weekend, dude, but it's good to see the Packers <laughs> back in the uh, uh, old W column, as they say. Correct, correct. Uh, we're going to get right into it because we do have a lot to say this week and plenty of things to mm-hmm. talk about. So we'll just say that you can follow this show at Scotty Johnny. Pardon me, yeah, Scotty Johnny Pod on Twitter. You can follow me if you'd like to follow me, like many do. Uh, at not so humble a host and Aaron, where do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Cheddar Talk John. Uh, just ask Jim Widener who was trying to call me out last night. Oh, good. And we do owe Jim Widener an apology. I had talked to him about being on the show, and then last week with all the just hectic things that you and I were going through, that yep. it, it blew my mind. It just skipped my mind entirely. So, Jim, we do apologize, and we'll get you back on the show here very soon, as soon as we can work it out with you again and work with your schedule. But Our uh, sponsors have demanded it. Yeah, who wouldn't? Um, go read everything that uh, Jim Widener writes. Uh, he does some with... Last we're on sports, and he's got some other things. Just go go look him up. Check out his Twitter, uh, and you, you'll find him for sure. Anyhow, we'll Jim, get... Wine, Jim yeah. Widener 51, correct? Correct. At Jim Widener 51? Yes. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, with that, we're just going to get right into everything with what we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, Aaron, main event, Packers. All right, it's, it's Packers, it's Monday uh, Night Packers. It's the reason why we are recording on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, well, that and my just sheer laziness when you said, uh, hey, let's do it after the game. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, no. It's, again, it has been several long weeks in a row for the two of us. So I, I was willing to take that. And you're like, oh, no, but I really wanted to. Oh, you're right. You know? <laughs> we'll talk more about it during the Brewers segment, too, but I was I was running on fumes from the weekend, so uh, let's just leave it at that. But either way, right. yeah, so Brewers, or, uh, Packers back in the W column, John. What do you think? Finally, getting the first win of the season. We were concerned last week. I don't think that that was a weird thing to do. I think everybody was concerned through two quarters of this game, too. It was 17-14 at half. Um. You can't tell me you didn't want, with four seconds left, the Packers to just try to get one to MVS. <laughs> you know, right. Just, yeah. Um, I, I did I, I did like a lot of talk on Twitter before the game started, though. Like, so glad week one is finally here. Just like just the blatant ignorance that week one never happened. Like everyone's just uh, in mass pretending like that was just preseason game number four. All right, let's go. Get, let's go week one, you know? Right. So, and it, yeah, it, it looked like how a week one usually looks for the Packers, a bad first half and then a win. Yeah. It, it, it definitely took a little bit to get going. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was a rough start and then they, they, they kind of dialed it in in the second half. And 
<laughs> so here, so here's a couple things that we're going to say other than, than what we're going to talk about the offense more in depth here. Defense first half, I mean, they couldn't they couldn't stop anything. Uh, they were a wet paper towel out there. Uh, just they were they were giving up. They were getting gashed in the run. They were getting cut up through the air. There wasn't anything particularly deep. Mm-hmm. They were there was a point there when I think the only incompletion was the grounding. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Goff started off something like eight of nine or whatever it was. Yeah, but there was a point at that moment. And around there and at halftime where Lions fans started doing this this garbage take of man, was was McVeigh holding back Goff? You're like, no. <laughs> no. No. And then he reminded no. us who he is. Fumble. Well, yeah, and I was I was gonna say that too. And actually, you know, the offense didn't play half bad in the first half because I think they only had what, three, four possessions, and they scored a touchdown on two of them. They looked yep. a little rusty on the other ones. But 40, scoring 14 points and a half isn't the worst thing on earth. It's not the best, but it's not the worst thing. But uh no, the uh second half, and I'm sure you're gonna break it down a little bit more, but the uh, defensive MVP of the second half was the rain and Jared Goff's <laughs> itty bitty little hands. Well, I love the uh I do this um, constant uh, just family group chat that we have. My, my mom, my sister-in-law, my, my brothers, my dad, um, my wife, obviously, and my, my oldest son here uh, as well. Get in on this. And uh, the first fumble which just was right under center. And, and I'll say this, too. The offensive line got really blown back on that one, and the defensive mm-hmm. line got a good push, which meant that one of the guys in the back there, one of the linebackers, was able to rush forward and get the ball because the ball was on, you know, in terms of where the actual fighting was with the linemen, it was on the defensive side. You know, like, right. Goff couldn't get back to it. It was over there. And it, it kind of got kicked a little too, but still. Yeah, no, Joff, yeah. Uh, Goff, 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 Goff made a good effort <laughs> at the ball, but the problem was that he was Mark Sanchez and he had an offensive lineman's butt in his face pushing him backwards. Yeah. The the second fumble, which which he did recover, but it was it was hilarious. He just kind of went back, put his arm back to throw the ball, and then the ball kept going, kind of like a five year old who's bowling, you know, like they mm-hmm. get the the twenty pound ball and they go back with it, and then their arm comes forward empty, and you're like, oh no, and the ball comes rolling at you, of course, as the parent. Yes, <laughs> it's like that's what it was, and over the line. It was hilarious for a moment. I guess I didn't go back to the stats on this, but. Uh, at that point, uh, it listed that the Packers had one sack, or that Goff had been sacked once, but the Packers, not a single player on the Packers, had sacked a quarterback. <laughs> so it's like, and that's and, and that's still true right now, as of as of Tuesday night. That's still true. Yes, <laughs> we don't have a, a single individual sack, just one team sack. A team sack, which was, I guess, he, it was a pass play, and then he went back and gave himself up, and it was a sack. So it's like. Rashawn, Rashawn Gary touched him while he was down, which you don't get credit for that anymore. So that's now a team sack. Yes. Yeah, it's strange. But either way, it was just, yeah. Uh, that that was the moment there. Th- those two plays where my brother was like, now, you know, Goff is is a lion. You know, he's truly yes. a lion. He's just walking <laughs> back there, throwing the ball to the ground. And then he threw that pick to Devondre Campbell, who quietly yeah. had a very good night on defense. He had a couple big solo tackles. Um, mm-hmm. The second half, the tackling was th- was the best of the two games that we've seen yeah. so far. The there were there was a play there was a there was a series where the Lions got a first down. On, it took them three plays, but on each play, the guy was hit immediately and driven backwards. Two of them by mm-hmm. Campbell, one of them by Amos, and you're just like, okay, yes. 
they're hitting right at this point, and Campbell's done a good job of hitting. I mean, he also had an interception, so he was decently in coverage. He was kind of right. floating out there, and Goff tried to force it in there at the end and just obviously didn't work at all. But, I mean, the Lions didn't get a point in the second half, and some of that is, you know, they had turnovers. And mm-hmm. the defense did have a couple of plays. They stopped him on fourth down, mm-hmm. um, which was weird. The, they were strange play calls. Dan Campbell, who is um, a, a slab of beef incarnate and is a human being, um, yep. an anthropomorphized slab of meat, like a cartoon, you know, cut of Chuck that is just, you know, you've drawn eyes on it. Right. Um, and he just, he's all about, he's like, we're going to go in there and bite kneecaps and we're going to be this. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? But he's, he's yeah. not smart. And people are love him because he says football-y things. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that only goes for so far. That's that, that uh, P.J. Fleck kind of garbage. We're like, if I just talk him oh. up enough, we're right. really going to get oh. into this. Or that worked well. That kind of stuff worked well for Kevin Green when he was a linebacker's coach for the Packers. It, it works know, in if, positions. If you're, the lineback- if you're the linebacker's coach, then, yeah, great. That's awesome. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. You can be like that. You're the head coach of an NFL franchise. Shouldn't be... Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. When you're Dan Campbell and you're the actual head coach, you can't act like you're, you know, the the linebacker coach anymore or whatever it is. Right. I like the fun thing they said he's the only Bill Parcells player to ever be a head coach. Oh my God. I was like, well, well, that kind of says something too because I was name another one. Most of, most of his tree is kind of garbage, except for Bill Belichick. So who else could have been one? I mean, I don't think Sims really could have been a coach. He's all right on studio shows, but I don't think he'd been a coach. Maybe Hostetler? Probably Hostetler might have been able to. Lawrence Taylor, no way in hell. No, no, he's crazy. That <laughs> he man's is, insane. He is nuts. He could have been on TV, uh, but not for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, I mean, they had two fourth downs in this game, and they were over two, and they were both short. I mean, like, and they threw on both of them. Right. This, this, like, well, and that tough. last one, too, was really bad because the Packers got lucky when Goff tried to throw it to the left because to the right, there was two dudes. Sitting wide, Peyton Man. I was listening to the, Man- the Manning broadcast on ESPN too, yeah. and Peyton picked it out in a second. Like as soon as he threw it, Peyton went, "Oh no!" There's people wide open in the flat, and even Eli's like, "There's a dude streaking down the middle." Like there was three <laughs> open players on the other side of the field, and Goff threw it to the one guy that was covered. He's got a first read, so, and he wants to get it out fast and make that play. I, I mean, I whatever it is, is he's not a Manning. Um, he's not even Eli Manning, and no. Eli's not that great. He's not even Cooper Manning. <laughs> oh, ouch. ouch. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was, uh, I, I watched that for a little bit before I was like, I need I need to get out of here. I can't listen to Eli Manning speak anymore. It's just, uh, <laughs> he's just a robot <laughs> no. who yeah, is no, pretending to be a human. I mean, like, he, the things he say, the things he says, isn't stupid. Like he's he's a smart dude, but it's just he talks very monotone with a very slow twang, as opposed to his brother who just spitfires stuff out there. Him and McAfee sounded really good together when McAfee was on. Yeah, I, I can see I'm, that. I'm, I'm foreseeing that being a potential duo down the road. But. I'd watch I'd watch Peyton and McAfee. That that would be interesting. It'd be better than listening to Levy and and Greasy. Though I do like Brett Favre, Brett Favre was very awkward when he was on there too. I don't think Brett Favre knew <laughs> if he was actually on TV or if he was actually talking just to Peyton and Eli. But uh, anyhow, who knows um, speaking, speaking of bad coaching, um, did you hear some of the post game comments about uh, what Lafleur said to Barry at halftime? Oh yes, about 
either you need to do something in the in the past coverage or you need to you know actually Rush send more up. than four guys we sent four guys yeah. the entire you first read between, half. For two, read between the lines basically that's saying do something because whatever you're doing right now isn't working <laughs> he shouldn't need a head coach to tell him that that's the most frustrating right. part about stop the whole rushing, thing stop rushing for and man coverage either do some zone or get some pressure was, or do something other than what you've been doing for the last six quarters, which has allowed seven touchdowns and we're getting torched. He was running a lot of soft zone with, with God. corners who are built to be, you know, the, the, you know and, and he's, the he's thing, in the right John, hand lane John, with a Lamborghini. That's what he is. John, you know? He was the assistant head coach for Jared Goff for four years. If there's anyone besides Sean McVay who would know Jared Goff's tendencies, it would be Joe Barry. Yeah. I mean, just they may yeah. as well have hired back Dom Capers. I mean, at <laughs> yeah. least Dom would give you a good game every once in a while. What they started off with was garbage. That was absolutely terrible. I mean, and like I understand, like maybe it's not the cook, maybe it's the groceries. I don't think but, it's because this team my, has got so many Pro Bowlers on this front. I mean, you're gonna tell me like which one's bad? I mean, well, Kevin King, I'll give you that. But he's got Jair and Amos. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. uh, on the front line. He's still able to to throw out, you know, Gary. Who's people are going to start turning on him now because everybody wants to turn on every player when things aren't going well. And it's just mm-hmm. he's been good for the last two years and has been fine. It's not that he suddenly forgot how to play football. They're just mm-hmm. using him in odd situations. Actually, Preston Smith had a pretty decent game last night. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. world breaking, but he had a couple of really good pressures. He held the edge against the run. Gary got caught inside against the run a couple times. I don't know if that was pass rush by design or what happened there, but a solid critique on Gary is too is that he's super athletic and always has been. Mm-hmm. That's not his, that's not his problem. Yeah, you know, it's it's maybe where he's going in his technique. You know, so I mean, hence getting caught inside on some running plays. But yeah, sorry to catch you off. No, 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 that's fine. I just, but I yeah, mean, so it, they also they also moved Jair to that star position or whatever they call it, where I don't know the monster back or whatever. But you know I, I, what I say about like with Kevin King too is like I was discussing with some other people, and we owe him too much money to let him go. Um, and plus, I mean, it, we I, I still him. don't understand. I mean, I still don't understand. I mean, anyways, um, so why why he's even back, but. So, I mean, so you start seeing Stokes play the opposite side, and he looks pretty good. And, I don't know, maybe if we get King off and make him nickel, and Stokes takes the other side opposite Jair, or however we want to do this. I mean, but we can't keep doing the same thing with Kevin King, because it's the literal definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And it never changes. really feel like the people I trust, too, are looking at that and saying, like, well... The the alternative is if you move King inside to the slot, put him in that that kind of star stuff, and and then suddenly he's going to have to start changing direction very quickly. Mm-hmm. He's more of a long strider. He's more of a an outside type guy. He just hasn't done that right. And I think part of it is they're like hang ten yards off the line of scrimmage and then see if he's going to do that in route. But then they run past him and then he's got Chase, and he's been too used that's to being I- faster than everybody. I th- I, well, that's one of those things that's a problem for people. And that, and that's what I'm exactly, but that's exactly what I'm saying though. Like, are we just going to keep leaving him out there until he figures it out? Cause they're just going to keep lighting him up. 
Yeah. Something I mean, has he to hasn't change. he hasn't stopped it yet. He's the best player at being at the wrong in the being in the right place and then doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something has to change with, with what's going on with Kevin King. And I've enjoyed, I mean, like I, I felt good for him. I wanted to see him continue to grow in some way. And he just has not over the last two plus years now become something better than what he came in as. And so you, you really want to see something more from him soon, but it, it, he really is running out of time. Like he's had enough rope to hang himself and, you know, now we're trying to see where he is with that piece of rope, I guess. So, and the Stokes kid looks good. And there yeah. was even a play last night where he broke up the touchdown pass, where it looked like he was burnt for a half second. He made up that difference in no time. Yeah, it didn't look like he was going that fast. I think it was Cephas out there. Uh, he was mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, he doesn't have to work to keep up with Cephas. I love Cephas. That dude has incredible right. hands. Right. Um, he's like an Anquan Bolden. He's not the fastest guy on the field in any way. Right. But he's going to catch what comes at him for the most part. And he had a couple plays that, you know, he, he almost made incredible catches on. But, yeah, it uh, he he definitely stayed right with him and was able to get his hand to the ball. His, his mm-hmm. uh, play while the ball was in the air was very good, uh, at least in the one game there. So, mm-hmm. But the hero of the game, of course, is Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's get to that, dude. Yeah. Just first off, the most important thing that Aaron Jones did yesterday was that his performance helped me beat my 15-year-old son in fantasy football. <laughs> no, um, it, it was this was his first home game without having his father there. That was a major storyline for the mm-hmm. the TV crew constantly throughout. Um, yeah. Lisa Salters made it basically the entire thing, what she was talking about with him after the game. And then he mentioned this thing about he had a necklace with a something on it, like a pendant that's on it, looks like a football, which had his father's ashes in it that he lost mm-hmm. in the end zone. And he's like, well, if I lost him anywhere, that's where my father would want to be. And he's like, holy cow, what? Um, right. One of the grounds crew members did finally find that. Uh, it was very early this morning. At, uh, Which I think would have been in the rain still, too, because it would have been pouring in Green Bay at that time. But Yeah, I'm trying to see. I've got, I had the uh, image up here. So it was at 1.45 a.m., Brian Engel, whose nickname is Flea. Brian Flea Angle found this at 1.45 in the morning. He's Great. one of the trainers on the team. The The team stayed out there and made sure they found that for him. That's that's nice. That's, that's really good of them. They didn't wait till tomorrow or anything like that. They stayed out there looking for what is a very well, small, black, not-so-shiny thing in an end zone. And, 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 what's, and what's cool about that, too, is like after he got done getting interviewed at the end of the game, like he went off to look for it and I'm sure he was told, no, you go get ice down young man. We'll find it for you. Cause otherwise he would have probably looked for it all night too. But no, another fun thing is Aaron and him walked off and Aaron was wearing his, um, his big green and gold sombrero. <laughs> as they're <laughs> walking to the locker room. I thought that was kind of cool. That's it, pretty neat. It shows that they still all do have some ties and everybody it, it also just further goes into that. We all knew he was coming back. I mean, uh-huh. Aaron Jones knew he was coming back. Everybody knew he was coming back. They just didn't want to talk about it because Aaron was dealing with the contract and they all get it. Yeah. But still, it's just, it, it's nice to see them getting that. And they were getting along. Aaron in that second half, finally, and I mean, Aaron Rodgers in this case, finally had some of that touch that he's he missed last game. Like, there were times he threw to Jones so late in the route that he couldn't uh-huh. turn back upfield and get a first down. Like that, yeah, that no, happened. Last, yeah. last week was embarrassing actually watching some of his p- pass selection. So, well, and how late he was to the simple reads. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And like how late he was to the read and how off he was. And he started a little like that. But man, <laughs> first and foremost, that pass to Tunyon, the touchdown pass to, to Big Bub Tunyon. Yeah, um, that was incredible. Wow. That was a that was vintage, Aaron. That, that's going to go on the highlight reel because that was a very small window, a long ways downfield. You get the camera rocket, right? And you get that camera that's right behind the quarterback there, and you watch it, and you're just like, he's not even. I can't see him, and then suddenly he just kind of pops up, and the ball's in his chest, and it's like, wow, that was that was impressive. That was really good. They, I mean, he started to show and, and, he had some timing with his guys again. And the crossing routes to Aaron Jones were there. And that deep ball right before the touchdown to Tunyon, that deep ball, the 50-yard bomb to, uh, to uh, Adams, that was, that was right on him. That was spot on. He only had a couple misses, and they were both the MVS where he missed him by yeah. a couple couple yards only. And he even talked about that after the game too. And just, you know, it's just one of those things. He's still not completely there yet. But I yeah, mean, that, and if- that, that, that dart to Tunyon that speaks well to him and that speaks well to like Tunyon being the real deal. Yeah. Like, mm. cause Tunyon caught that thing. One of the things they always I, say, uh, <laughs> that those a, rules. that's a tough, that's a tough pass. That's also yeah. a tough catch. Cause he's seeing it as it clears the other guy's shoulder. Like, yes, he's seeing it coming in. Then he sees D back and then he has about a half second to react to that thing, hammering him in the chest. And then I think he still had to run a couple of yards to get in on yep. top of it. Yeah, he kind of so, a couple steps and fall over as they're hitting him. But yeah, he no, I, I feel good about Bob, and uh, I'm still impressed that we have two tight ends on our team that both went to Indiana State. <laughs> Daphne did very well as essentially the H back out there too. His blocking around the end on some of those plays mm-hmm. really got extra yards for for Jones. Jones, yep. Um, I was his, just going to mention that yep. his work in motion was was very good. Um, he was, I mean. If you don't know, H back is essentially like hybrid uh, between the tight end and a and a fullback. If mm-hmm. you understand the traditional fullback role, he was he was lining up in an eye. He was motioning out of it. He was motioning across. He was lined up, you know, as like in the tight end spot, but off the line of scrimmage, the H back type of position. He was moving kinda, around kind of all the things that they drafted Degura to do last year. Yeah, and yeah. unfortunately Degura also injured again. Uh, so hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see him back. Sometime but, Daphne, yeah. but Daphne seems to be, I mean, maybe he's not the talent he is, but Daphne's doing a heck of a job making sure that the Packers won't let him go. Because yeah. he, he didn't, I don't think he caught anything, but you saw number 49 a lot on a yeah. lot of offensive plays out in front, getting some good yeah. blocks too. And like, yeah, like you said, a lot of motion too. So, yeah. yeah. And that's going to be a tough thing for a lifetime tight end, probably wide receiver <laughs> at some point to learn how to be a fullback. You know, it's that's, it is it's, what it's the kind position... of like teaching a catcher how to play first base. Like, yeah, it's kind of the <laughs> it's same. It's super easy. Tell them about it. It's incredibly yeah. difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah, Moneyball. <laughs> that's one of the best lines of Moneyball. Yeah, it's. But I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, it's all blocking and stuff. And football's a little bit more straightforward, you know, especially at the fullback position. But I mean, he's making himself, it's... and he's on special teams. You see him out there doing that too. So, you know, he's may, maybe the new maybe the new William Henderson. Hmm? Just get the, just um... get that. Just get that uh, uh, that triangle hurdle going when you're out in the open field, and you got it going, man. Yeah, the the fullback is is kind of you know going the way of of the wingback at, at this point, but the H back is quickly becoming very much what tight end is you know the inline tight end, the traditional tight tight end right. is, is turning into uh, these H back types. So 
No, um, I mean, you could argue yeah. it's just, I mean, it both, both positions are sort of going away and they're just morphing into one. Yeah. It's, it's and then you have your traditional stand up tight ends in Kittle and Kelsey. Well, and, and Kittle uh, does this name? a lot, though, too, in that Shanahan offense. Shanahan, McVeigh, and, and LaFleur do yeah. a lot of that. You know, watch Mercedes uh, Lewis and Daphne right. come back across the formation for that backside block. Um, right. The use of the tight end and that H back position is a lot. Of course, 49ers also use use check. Yeah. The use check. Yeah, use check is exactly it. I was trying to think of his name, but I was going to say like Kittle and Kelsey and Tunyon and uh, what's his name from the Raiders kind of play more of that oh, Waller. standard. Waller kind of play that more standard tight end position that is, you know, minimal motion, kind of a little bit more static, you know, a lot more standing up than they used to do. Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah use check uh, now with Daphne and uh, some of these other players that, you know, do the crossing. It's, it's, it's their tight ends, but they're, but they're fullbacks and yeah. it's just their, their wingbacks. Like we had back back when we played <laughs> but small town, small town football. You know, like when we used to play the wing T offense. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the tight. The, you know, you had two running backs that were lined up outside the tight ends, who were always crossing, and they take handoffs and stuff too. And it's just that, except it's the NFL. It's we're, we've gone back to the forties with, with adding the passing aspect to it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's there's a lot of interesting ways that it's being used now in the modern offenses. You kind of. Right. Kind and of would, old formations mixing in with West Coast styles and ideas to try to scheme people open rather than forcing them to find their way open. So, yeah, it's, watch those things. It's a lot of fun to watch as we go. Right. Um, one thing that does need a lot of work so far has been that defensive line. Kenny Clark has been doing fairly well, but the, Tyler Lancaster did not have himself a game. Uh, he was not looking particularly good out there. He was getting pushed back off the ball a couple times even on double teams i get it but can't get hit like he was doing that's the one thing he's out there to do is stay still well what kills me is that it's been the weak point of the defense and the team pretty much for two years now and they've done almost nothing to address it yeah not a thing they got that one what the garbage can of dirt <laughs> yeah who, who, is an un, who is who was an undrafted yeah right he's not yep. undrafted Undrafted out of we, Iowa, yeah. I mean, he's not going to get out there in front of uh, of him, though, of Lancaster. Right. So, and then we've got, and then Dean Lowry, who's always been just, eh. and you know, ever since Mike Daniels left, we've had, you know, you know, yeah, uh, um, just uh, um, you just said his Kenny. name. Sorry, we got Kenny, Kenny Clark. Kenny, I mean Kenny, Kenny Clark, Clark. But I mean that dude, that dude's doing all the heavy lifting, and then on top of it, you know, now with Z down. You know, now we're down to Preston and a Preston who's, you know, declined steadily since he's been here. He had a good game, yes, but declined steadily. Rashawn Gary, like, he's got no one to help him. And, you know, Kenny Clark can't do everything. You know, Aaron Donald can't do everything. That's how the Packers beat the Rams last year. They isolated and eliminated Aaron Donald. You know, and Elton Jenkins on him. (laughs) Make him him move around. I mean, yeah, they just put the best (laughs) offensive lineman in the league on him. But, uh, and, you know, and they chipped to help him too, you know? So, and that's Aaron Donald. That's the guy who should be the MVP every year. Just like they always argue that LeBron (laughs) James should be the MVP every year, you know, but they pass it around just to make everyone happy, you know, back in LeBron's prime. Like Aaron Donald should be the MVP every year. It's just, he plays defensive lineman, so he's not going to get it. But I mean, you knock him down and then that line is, you know, but the thing is there's no other weapons outside and, 
Kenny Clark is not Aaron Donald. He's a very good player, but he's not Aaron Donald. And that's it. There's nothing yeah. else after that. There's yeah. no one else to help. And Devondre Campbell the fact, played and the better. Fact, and the fact yeah. that they have just, just, they have completely ignored shoring up that part of the defense. So, like they've so done much nothing to help it. They've been they've been trying to build up the back end of that defense, and right. they keep As trying to find about, journeyman linebackers to fill in because they don't want to draft a linebacker. And Campbell had ten solo tackles yesterday. He looked pretty decent and. Barnes, I don't know, he had four tackles. Uh, he wasn't as much around, but, man, Campbell looks like a good pickup. He he played very well out there. There's not a lot else you can say about this defense right now, though. They didn't throw at Alexander much. There was a point where and they, they threw at him twice in a row, three out of four plays in a row, one of which was an in, incompletion. But I was like, what is going on here? And it's mostly the reason is, of course, that uh, well, the reason is because it was late in the game, and Jared Goff was zeroing in on his best receiver, which mm-hmm. is Saint Brown, Amon mm-hmm. Ra Saint Brown, not not our old boy. But yeah, um, <laughs> the, the other Saint Brown, the littler one, the younger one, whatever you want to say, how he goes out there. But yeah, the other Saint Brown was out there, and he was the best target, so he was throwing, he's forcing it into the number one receiver, and we were in prevent, so Jair isn't tight on him; he's letting him catch it and then tackling him. He didn't right. do anything with the ball particularly, but I was like, when's the last time the ball was thrown at Jair twice in a row? I, I'm like, I can't think of that. And as long as, I mean, and yeah, outside of just making mistakes and throwing over to Alexander's side, as long as King is on the other side, like it doesn't matter if you have Savage and Amos back there on the other side, as long as there's one weak point, they can always go to it. And, the, and since the defensive line's not making any, pressure and the linebackers aren't making any pressure of any source. I mean, without Zadarius Smith out there, we have zero high-end talent in the t- front seven. Uh, Kenny. Kenny Clark is high-end talent. Well, Kenny, Kenny Clark's high-end talent, too. Excuse me. But sorry. So you got Kenny Clark and Z, who's injured right now. But beyond that, you got a bunch of you got a bunch of Joes or uh, Jags, just another guy. <laughs> I mean, Chris Barnes, Chris, first of all, I hate seeing the number 44 on anybody other besides James Starks. I always like James Starks way more than everybody else. We don't win the Super Bowl in 2010 without James Starks. I'm sorry. Live with it. Um, but, I mean, he's a backup linebacker on 31 teams in this league. And he's one of our starters because we don't have anybody else. We have no, like we don't have any like flashy talent. We haven't had a good linebacker since Frank Zombo left. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just say that Frank Zombo was a good linebacker? I'm, that was just completely okay. being facetious. But, All right. Yeah, All so. right. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, he was on the Super Bowl winning team. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I mean, we haven't had a good one since Clay Matthews left or since the de- decline of Clay Matthews. So, I mean, we really haven't. I mean, Blake... Blake, honestly, yeah. at this point, would be just as good as anybody else we got out there. Yeah, the last really good inside linebacker we had was Nick Barnett. Johnny Holland. Yeah, Johnny Holland Brian, was also very good, but that's the you know, Brian Nick Barnett was Brian in between no- them. Brian Noble, Ray yeah, Nitschke. That's well, <laughs> been better than that, I guess. Uh, nobody's better than I, Nitschke I, in Packers history. But yeah. was Wayne was Wayne Wayne Simmons was outside, wasn't he? Yeah, that was in a four-three look with Wayne Simmons yeah. and uh, Brian Williams right. and George Coons. Yeah, that's right. Coons was the inside linebacker on that yep. one, right? Yep. 
Yeah. So Koontz was pretty good on the inside. Great human being, too. I met him a couple times. And but yeah, that's right. fantastic. That, that's, that's why Simmons doesn't seem like he was an outside linebacker, because that was back in the 4-3 days when he actually lined up behind, you know, either Reggie or Sean, uh, Sean Jones. And yeah. so... And then who was the guy that we had for a little while who ended up on the Vikings? The Vikings thought he was going to be great, and then he was just injured. and it didn't Des- Desmond Bishop. Desmond Bishop. He, was he inside linebacker, too, or was he outside? Yeah, he was an he inside was, guy. He was he was pretty good for a couple of years because he was a thumper. That dude hit hard. Yeah, he did. And uh, But, yeah, that we, he ended up having, what, a neck issue? Was that the end of him? Probably because he was just big thumper. He just came in thumper. Ma- imagine that, right? So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time. I mean, Hardy Nickerson was technically on this team for a little while. Oh, um, but uh, I can't remember the last time outside of Clay because even Clay wasn't a fast linebacker. He was a good pass rushing outside linebacker and yeah. extremely dominant for a couple of years and one of the best in the NFL. But uh, I can't remember the last time we had a fast, like what a lot of these really good defensive defenses like a, have, like, like a Roquan Smith, like what Tampa Bay has, yeah, <laughs> or San Francisco has. You know, yeah. like we don't have anybody. You know, and and Kenny Clark's like at he's a good he's a good in he's a very good inside lineman, but he's not splashy. He doesn't have he doesn't make he he's he's very steady. It seems like. He makes things so, easier for the rest of that line because everybody right. has to focus on him so much. He doesn't do what what Aaron Donald does. He's not a pass rushing sort of guy. He can get some pass rush. Right. He's not, a disru- provides- he's not a disruptor. He he sucks up blocks. Yeah. He's seems a, like. Yeah. I he, mean, he, he would be a disruptor if the rest of the line, they had to fear the rest of the line. That's the problem, though, is that they can put three people on him and have everybody else go one-on-one and nobody's going to do anything. And especially without Z there, that's everyone. Nobody else is helping him. So. Yeah, and they definitely the Lions have put a lot of time into that offensive line over the last couple of years, and that line looked pretty good last night. We'll say that. I mean, we were not well, trying to pressure that line for yeah. at least the first half, and and did a couple things in the second half, but nowhere near the sort of pressure that that needs to happen for this team to be successful. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. This defense needs to be better than this because we're not going to play the Lions every week. Um, no, next no, week, no. The team, the team next week is a lot better. Yeah, the team next week is is a two and zero, oh, um, and that's the the Forty Niners. We're we'll be playing in San Francisco, and uh, again, jeez, that Forty uh, ers are favored in that game. They should be. That team looks really good. Uh, they've got Mitchell now. I guess is the guy who's going to be leading that that running game. It hasn't seemed to matter. You know, Mostert, no. Mostert's out. There's Elijah Elijah Mitchell. Now in there at the running back, he's got uh, 36 carries, 146 yards so far on the year. He yeah. got hurt in this last game a little bit, and they brought in Hasty. Is it James Hasty? I forget his first right. name, but yeah, or John, whatever it was. Um, he looked good. He, that guy's got a little shake too. He's probably better as a third down back, decent pass catcher kind of guy. But uh, Garoppolo's been all right. He's got a lot of weapons. There's got Debo Samuel. He's got uh, Brendan Ayuk, who should be a Packer. Yep. He's got Kittle back. Um, along, along with McLaurin, but that's a we'll talk about yeah, that when we yeah, talk about Jay Sternberg. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is gonna be a rough game. I don't I don't I, I hate to say this. I don't think the Packers win this one. Um I don't think the Packers cover in this one. It's a three and a half spread right now. Uh 49ers getting or giving three and a half. Packers getting three and a half. I think the Packers probably loses by seven. Um I don't. I don't have a good feeling about this game at all. Uh, the, this defense, 
this 49ers team can run and they're going to run and mm-hmm. we don't we don't stop that and also we give up 5 yard passes anytime you want because we play 10 yards off the line of scrimmage because it's fun i don't know why i mean we just right. do and so knowing that that's what we're going to do they're going to take 5 yards every play and go straight down the field on us and we're going to hope to hold them to field goals this is this is the same team that we played in the 2009 championship game and the or 2019 championship game and during the 2019 regular season and um not a lot has changed uh last year was an off year for them they were i mean it's very well documented they were extremely injured everyone was hurt on the team for a while um about as many people as that were hurt on the 2010 packers super bowl team but they still managed to win a super bowl anyways but excuses excuses um and the only thing that's different now is that they've had two more years in the shanahan offense um the defense is really good they've got really good scary players like they have people who are the opposite of what our defense doesn't have let's be very clear on this though they are not the same team that we played two years ago in that championship game that defense is not as good as they had been right um they they've lost their two inside defensive tackles from that team which that front four was insane like it, yeah, was. it was, and and they've lost both inside tackles. They still have Nick Bosa, who's coming off an ACL. They still have Eric Armstead, Armstead who's mm-hmm. nice. Um, but I mean, they also did trade away Quan and Alexander. Uh, yeah, got- you're right. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have spoken so much about the defense. The defense did look good in the two games that they played so far yeah. that I watched. I was I was thinking more about just the running game, just gashing. Yeah, that, that front gashing. line can still do it. They can yeah. still run on you. That's- and you said, and you even said it. Mostert was a surprise that year. It doesn't matter who's running the ball when you're running through a hole the size of a D7 Caterpillar bulldozer. Like, <laughs> if, if you've got 10 yards of space to run, you're good to go, man. And and let's just say it, too. Like, even before Shanahan got there, it the 49ers, when good, just historically have beaten up on the Packers. You know, like, and we didn't play them last year, right? Did we? Yeah, no. I think well, we did beat them last year. Yeah, yeah, it was that's right because it was this will be like the fourth game in a row at San Francisco, I think. Either way, so but I mean that team was a shell of itself last year, and I, I, I don't I don't feel good about this one at all. No, like especially I think the 49ers really have a chip on their shoulder because they want to get back from last year because last year was supposed to be the redemption from losing that Super Bowl. Um, yeah. to the Chiefs, right? Yeah, yeah. When yeah, they lost the Chiefs. The Chiefs and they then lost it. last year they were just terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it's going to be close. And if there's, you know, because you're always like, well, Aaron Rodgers could have one of those games. Well, Aaron Rodgers could have one of those games, but until further notice, he's never really done that against the 49ers in recent history. So I don't think it's going to start this week. Yeah, it's going to be rough. And our offensive I mean, line is still in flux, man. Like without back out there at left tackle, and you know, last night we had Runyon starting because who um, who was it that was injured? So yeah. and that's fine with Runyon. Like our line was pretty suspect at a couple points last night. They did okay in the long run, but they were suspect a couple times. Um, I don't feel good about the San Francisco game at all. I don't yeah. think it's going to be good. I, w- I don't. I wouldn't even. T- I wouldn't even give the Packers the points to be perfectly honest. Okay. The one other thing is you, you briefly mentioned earlier, uh, Jay Sternberger, the Ermergerd Sternberger. He's, 
He's been cut by the Packers. Third round draft pick, which is the worst round for Packers drafting in in recent history. Yeah. Uh, So that's here we uh, go. Yet another top three draft pick gone. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not much you can say about it. I haven't. He hasn't been able to get onto the field. He was. He had some injuries. He's also just been kind of a. He can't block at all. He can't. He cannot do the H back stuff. He has to be a stand-up outside receiver. It was a bit of a reach at the time, and he never really developed into anything. Um, yeah, and then they they basically had to wait till he was done with his suspension. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. and that was and that's that was Gunkus's first draft, right? I think so. Because I was going to say this kind of this kind of falls into that whole thing that people have been going after Gutenkus about. Even though I have no problem with what most of what Gutenkus has done. Um, but you know, reaching for tight ends and all this other stuff to give, uh, LaFleur the, uh, the weapons that, uh, Shanahan has and, you know, getting mm-hmm. these tight ends. And so we can run this tight end heavy offense with the big running backs when McLaurin was the next pick and was probably the better player and definitely is the better player. Now season yeah. being that Sternberg has been replaced by undrafted tight ends at this point. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's like sometimes, and, and, and it makes you wonder about like the picks with AJ Dillon, who again wasn't used last night. Um, you know, granted, Aaron Jones was having himself a night, but man, Dillon was barely seen. And I mean, I'd like to see Dillon get some more touches, if anything, to take hits away from Aaron Jones because we need that dude long term. So, yeah, and, and Kylan Hill, the Degura, I'd like to see and the Degura pick, and some of these other reaches, man. It's starting to, it's you're starting to wonder in the back of your head, you know, like yeah. man alive. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on from that, um, <laughs> leaving you. You know, we had a good uplifting win, and then we'll leave you with the like, yeah, but I still don't trust much of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's because they, we they beat the Lions, man. Like you can yeah. never really go away from like, yeah, that was. That was good. Like, if it's oh, if it's thirty five seventeen next week after they beat the 49ers, I'll be pumped, man. I'll be ready to go. Lions fans, this team still has to prove that they're not in a funk. That yeah. taking the off season basically off. Oh, and yeah, they're hugging each other and wearing sombreros off the field. Great. Yeah, they're friends. I hang out with my friends. You know what? We can't play pickup basketball anymore either because we we're old and fat. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, we can still be friends. It doesn't mean that we're good at what we're doing because we just took the whole year off. You know, like, like I I need to see something because after watching the Saints get throttled yesterday by a Carolina team and just thinking, oh, my. So we got throttled by a team that just got beat 32 to six means not only were we horribly unprepared, we were so horribly unprepared. We got taken to school by a bad team on a neutral field who are living in trailers in Texas because they've been displaced by a hurricane <laughs> and are starting a, a, a refa- a ref, uh, a refurbished quarterback because their hall of famer just retired and they're in salary cap hell, you know, like that. I mean that, that, that really makes me feel worse. Like I thought it was bad when they lost to the saints, but then when the saints get just massacred and then we came oh. out and laid an egg in the first half against the lions and it took, us waking up in the second half to we beat can, the we Lions. Can. The NFL is a weird thing. You, it's hard to compare across schemes like that. But I know I it know. is. But like you said, slab of meat incarnate coach, quarterback that couldn't couldn't lead a, a Super Bowl roster to a win last year, uh, and they're the Lions 
who have won nine games nine times in 81 years. You know, like I, I can't help but not feel – I don't feel refreshed. Let's put it that way. So it was a very uninspiring win last night. They have one team sack. That's it. Hmm. So and, and when you have a head coach telling the defensive coordinator at halftime, do something else because what you're doing is not working. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty to be kind of upset about. But either way, we'll move on to the Badgers. Badgers obviously didn't play this last week. So he just did, you know, 40 minutes on the Packers. <laughs> but uh, just looking ahead, the next game is going to be very interesting. Like we said, this is, um, you know, Badgers and Notre Dame at Soldier Field. And I've been to a Badger game at Soldier Field. It was um, mm-hmm. Northern Illinois, though. Uh, and that was hilarious because their fans are just terrible. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. They, I was out there like, with one of my buddies from law school and he and his wife and my wife and I were out there and we're out in front of soldier field. We're doing to take some pictures. And this one group here comes walking by of Northern Illinois fans and they're clearly students and just amateurs. Cause they are just hammered drunk and obvious, you know, like it was just terrible. I like couldn't hold it. And mm. the one, this one, I don't know, like 20 year old woman, she just stops. She just goes like, just curses out something about the Badgers and then vomits towards us. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> what is happening? I was like, all right. And that's that's when I got to go to Soldier Field. That was, um, that's not that great a venue. It's like, it's cool to be at Soldier Field, but man. No, it's the, not. Soldier Field sucks. The remodel kind of ruined a lot of the old feel of that place. Cause, uh, man, that's just, it looks like a UFO and, uh, well, you can see um, the old stand. When you go out to like go out to the mezzanine, the little walkways, and mm-hmm. you can look out and see where the old stands used to be. And obviously they were a straight forty five degree angle kind of raise instead of the kind of mm. parabola raise up. So you're closer to the field now, which is good, but Right. And there's their um, their uh, no, video like, boards looks, are terrible. It looks like UFO and a, a bedpan made a baby together. That's what that stadium <laughs> looks like from the outside. <laughs> which is convenient because the lake's on one side of it. Yeah. And there was that uh, Why Your Team Sucks uh, article that now it's The Defector, which used to be Deadspin. Um, that, that guy does the article Why Your Team Sucks every year and wrote up about Soldier Field. And it's like a, it's like yeah. an alien spaceship. It, it, you're supposed to be downtown, yet it's harder to get to than a 19th century whaling station. <laughs> uh, it's got a frigid lake on one side and a Scooby-Doo style rail yard on the other. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and just like, yeah, it's, it's worse. And, and Illinois fans are the worst. They're terrible. I mean, my aunt Susie got smoked with a, a Jack Daniels bottle at a game once. Cause she was wearing a Packer uniform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- and that's par for the course. Yeah. Big thing is here. The, I mean, yeah. and so Northern Illinois fan. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, sorry, yeah. we're not talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Northern Illinois. Uh, we destroyed him. That was a year with Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, Jack Cohn. Going to be coming back playing against the Badgers here in this game. This that's going to be that'll be the storyline. It'll be roughly the only thing ESPN will talk about or you know, whoever's got this game, I guess. Mm. And he's looked good. They Notre Dame didn't look particularly strong the last couple of weeks. I mean, they're three and zero, but um, they they beat Purdue last week, twenty seven thirteen. They needed a last minute field goal to beat Toledo at home the week prior. They also need a last minute field goal to beat Florida State, who is not good. Like that's that's not a good team. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, just like, I don't know. It's hard to know how to feel about Notre Dame. They have not played a particularly good, thorough game yet at this point. But I mean, like the Badgers only kind of, I mean, they got one victory, which is Eastern Michigan. And then they played Penn State, who actually looks legitimately good right now. Uh, yeah, they just they, they just put it to Auburn uh, this last week. The Badgers really should have won that game, and they just didn't. They didn't. I mean, Penn State took it from them. That's, it's not like Penn State, you know, we gave it away or just like Penn State got lucky. Like, they took it away from the Badgers. They, they deserve to win that game. But, man, Badgers had their chances and didn't do it. It's going to come down to how comfortable they can keep Graham Mertz. Because mm-hmm. if he can stand in the pocket and deliver, that'll be fine. They're going to be running with all three running backs again. Um, Malusi had another good week last week, like we talked about, or two weeks ago. 100 yards sure. in the first half. And then uh, we also have Garendo, who had a you know, he had the one big run because that dude can fly. He had a, mm-hmm. what did they say, a 10-5-1 100-meter dash in high school. Amazing. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's, fast. that's crazy to think about. I don't think that fast. <laughs> you know? No, like, I, uh, I've, 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 I don't believe I've ever been that fast. Yeah, no, I've, I've never been able to move that, that quickly. In, <laughs> in a car. Jeez. But yeah, it's going to be, you got to keep control of this ball and see how they're going to go here. Um, the Badgers are, are favored in this game, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me. Like, they're the lower-ranked team. It's a neutral site. Nobody's getting like a, a weird home field advantage thing on this. If anybody should, it be you know Notre Dame though. There's a lot of Badger fans in Chicago and the Twin Cities because there's not like a good. I mean, unless you go, you could go to Northwestern, but there's not that many people get in Northwestern. It's a smaller school. Mm-hmm. Um, people in the Twin Cities go to Wisconsin because it's a better school than the U of M and it's cheaper because of right. reciprocity stuff and all that. It's actually cheaper. Um, but a lot of people from Illinois actually go to UW because it's in the southern part of the state, and it's a better school than most of the schools they can get into in Illinois. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of crossover there. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I don't know how this is going to go. I think this is going to come down to the fourth quarter. I this is another one. It, I don't it's, feel it's, good it's, about it's the 11, Badgers. It's eleven o'clock game on Fox on Sunday on Saturday. By which the way, is, John. So which is weird. Eighteen that, versus that twelve. Gonna, that means you're going to have to wake up and start pre gaming. I know you're. I know you. I know what you like to do on Saturdays before the game. So I'll I mean, sleep till involve, till ten. It's involve drinking in the morning, John. Which yes, I'm drinking water because I'll wake up at ten. Right. That's not true. <laughs> I have I have children. They'll wake me up at seven for no reason. Yes. Um, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna say the Badgers win by three, and it's gonna be late. I don't have any confidence in that. I, I, I no. think this could go really either way. I mean, I could, I could, I could shout out a score too, but I really don't know because uh, Penn State was a terrible, uh, a terrible petri dish to be examining because the Badgers didn't do anything right, and Graham Mertz had some very bad yeah. full pause down the down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have won that game three times. Uh, Eastern Michigan, um, it's Eastern Michigan, <laughs> so yeah, you don't know. I don't really care. Uh, you know, more of a get right game, uh, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And like you said, Notre Dame, too, on top of it, has been suspect at times. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to it. You're probably right, though. It's probably a pretty close game. And uh, like I said, I'm not counting, I'm not saying any scores for the Badgers for the rest of the year after week one. So, because I'm just going to try to reverse curse here and say, um, huh, there's 0% chance that the Badgers win in a blowout. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> just do that. Just, with the, the, I don't know, John. I feel pretty good that they're going to beat him by two touchdowns at least. Stop it. You got to do the reverse. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> I was just trying to reverse uh, curse it and bring the Badgers something there, but I don't know. All right. Uh, in terms of everything John, else here, John, the, John, I think Notre Dame's going to win by 37 points. There you are. That. There's my man. Yeah. All right, the Brewers right now are down to their very last out uh, in in game two against the Cardinals. They had a good they had a good one against the Cubs. Um, they should have they should have swept that series, but they did not. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're getting a rough series here against the Cardinals. You would love to be able to just put the Cardinals out of their misery and and end their season here. This is home games. They should they should win these. It would be good to get these done. Uh, although the Bre- although the Brewers only have a plus four run differential at home this what was it plus no plus twenty two run differential at home this year, and yet they're number seven in the league for run differential. Yeah, because because they <laughs> they they don't play worth a worth a snot at home. It's well, you know they just like had this, the. The unbelievable luck of, of going to, like, a day off, go to play Detroit, and they lost yeah. both games. Both games, yeah. And then, you know, get a day off, come back. They get two out of three from the Cubs, who are just, they are a and, quadruple A team. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and Sunday's game was super painful, too, because it was a one o'clock game. We went, it was the promotion was kids run the base day, yep. run the bases day, right? Which is super cool for the kids. I love it to death. You know, they only run from first to third, but my kids thought it was, it was, it was, it was a high life, a highlight of their young life at this point. So, <laughs> That's good. um, but the game was clipping along too. So it's a one o'clock game. It's the seventh inning and it's only like. 245 and i'm like oh sweet in and out we're gonna you know we got to go down and wait it because it's at the end of the game you know they they get the field ready and then the kids all run out and uh then the eighth inning the cubs scored five runs and then the brewers loaded up the bases in the bottom of the ninth and this is on sunday on game three of the series and um they end up not winning by grand slam by about 10 feet they were down uh, in all three of those games they came back oh, and won God. two of them, but they were down in all three. Well, they were still they were still down two in the ninth, and there was bases loaded, and then not Narvaez, but um, uh, 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 um, Pena, not Pena. No. Oh, who, who was up? I'm forgetting. Avisel Garcia. Oh, okay. put a chart. I think it was either that. I have it backwards. Either Narvaez or Garcia, whoever was batting sixth that day, put a charge into a ball, but they hit it right to the deepest part of center field. <laughs> And they caught it about halfway onto the warning track. If that would have been to either line, that thing would have been gone. And it would have been a walk-off grand slam, and they would have won 8-6, which would have been great. But instead of getting out of there, at you know, we got there at 11 for the, for the tailgate. We got home at 7.30 at night. Those last two <laughs> innings took so – they took almost an hour and a half to do two innings. Ugh. After just mm-hmm. clipping through, like the first seven innings took like an hour forty-five, and I was just like, "Oh yes, 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 this is so great." <laughs> and so, yeah. And now, and now, of course, the Brewers just have to beat the just split with the Cardinals to win the division. Yeah. And of course, the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, because they made a deal with the devil because they are Satan's team. Right, and with twelve games left, if they go eleven and one, or with thirteen games left, if they go twelve and one, and the Brewers go one and twelve, they could yeah. still potentially win the division. And of course, if there was a team to do that, it would be the Cardinals, and yeah. the Brewers to do it on the opposite side. 
yeah. <laughs> like and like I, I'm going to next Saturday's game uh, against the Mets, and like at first I thought there's no chance I'll watch them win the division, clinch the division. I might oh. at current rate of travel because okay. I was I was wrong. Just to be clear, I mean, and everybody's going to hear this much later, but the Brewers actually have two outs left. There was a challenge, so now there's hmm. runners at first and second as we're recording, and only one out. Uh, so right. Luis Urias oh. just walked. The rest of you already know how this ends. So, I mean, but you're listening to me go through this live and deal with it. Um, <laughs> this is a yeah, the big thing is games going on during this time. you're probably not going to hear me here at the end of this game, though, unless there's a home run here in a, in a, in a, in a couple seconds. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know it was uh, just is what it is. I mean, just, they got to they gotta get a couple of these games here. They got to beat the, either the Mets or the Cardinals here. They're going to be playing the Cardinals again for three games on the road. I mean, that's where they're going to beat them. But then they're going to end the season with the Dodgers. So get it done. Get it done now. Now. Um, They're not going to lose every game. They're not going to lose all but one game. I mean, the question is kind of at this point, can they match 96 wins? Right. I think they can still. The, the, the problem is, too, is like I said, you know, usually a 10-game homestand in September would be your best friend, but for whatever the reason, this team, man, they don't win at home. They like, have they have a, the franchise record for most wins on the road, but have yeah. not yet set the record for most wins in a season because they and and, they and, they, and they're close home. to break. They're close to like getting up to the record for most wins all time on the road for one season. <laughs> like then that's we'll how ridiculous. That's how ridiculously much better they are on the road. Than they are at home. It's like you almost want them to lose the division and go in as a wild card team, the second one, so they have to play more road games. Yeah, you know, God. Yeah, it's rough. But either way, they're going to win the division. You know, knock on wood, knock and, on wood, and move on through, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, but yeah, we're hoping we have something here very soon. Manny Pena up to bat for us here. But Cardinals win tonight. That's ten in a row for the Cardinals. Yeah, all right. The one thing I will say here, the the other information we have in terms of Wisconsin sports, uh, Wisconsin volleyball just continues to roll. Uh, of course they are. They're going to be national champions. 3-0 against UWGB. So just, just in case you were wondering, they are the best team in the state because they are the only ranked team in the state, obviously. Mm-hmm. They beat UWGB 3-0. And then they beat um, Northern Illinois 3-0. Uh, I believe one of the Badger players is actually just named freshman of the week i'm sorry if i'm forgetting her name and i apologize for that they, they got so much talent on this team um up and down not just like a good group of seniors that's carrying them or anything like that but you know radke's playing well and bringing along just everybody else with her i mean it's just it's a fantastic group of people uh these women are just a great team and i'm hoping to get down there to watch it because the field house just looks like it's it's going just great guns and, and fun uh manny pina just had a out to Top center field, so bases, uh, runners at the corners with two outs. Aaron, anything else you want to add here before we close up shop oh, on I this just, week? I was going to say, I, I feel comfortable in saying the uh, Badger women's volleyball team is going to be national champions because who, which team was it that they held to seven points in one game? It was, um, shoot. It was Kentucky, Baylor? right? Was it Kentucky? Kentucky was like one Kentucky? of the other ranked teams, and I, I just can't for the life of me you don't you don't score under 10 points in major collegiate it was volleyball. Kentucky or Baylor like it was Kentucky right, or Baylor I mean, one of those two yeah that's like that's basically a no hitter in volleyball like 
you can't. You will exit your way to 10 points in a volleyball game <laughs> with standard scoring systems. You, you, know, you so. just need a couple bad serves or, you know, just somebody drives one into the net or touches a net or hits a line somewhere, you know, drive, hitting right. the drive too long. And, and, so, yeah. and especially, especially that was a good team. Like, it, you know, if, if they're beating uh, uh Mon Paw's pretty good university from uh, Laf- <laughs> Lafayette, Arkansas, like, yeah, I get Jeez. it. Like if they don't score a single point, cause the tallest person on the team's got three teeth and is only five foot six. Like I get it, but you know, it this made another major university volleyball team. They held the seven points. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. So as we're going here, uh, we at some point are going to have to talk about Bucks again because we're getting to the point where we are going to start running out of time. And we might, Aaron and I are going to talk about this. We might have to try to break this into two podcasts to try to even it out and just put football to one. And then we'll start, you know, Bucks and Brewers over to another, just kind of depending on how this all ends up. So. You know, we'll it's the opposite. Of the, we always talk about the sports abyss, and we didn't even have the sports abyss this year, John. Thanks to the Bucks, but yeah. like, this is the opposite of that. This time of year is the, 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 uh, the, the, the plateau, the, the peak, if you will. Like, there's enough stuff to talk about, and we're so Packer dominant because we're just both huge Packers fans, and, it's and, every, and everybody is, and that's what dominates the headlines, anyways. But honest, God, we need to give due diligence to the Brewers who are having an amazing season and due diligence to the reigning NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Correct. And uh fan of the show, uh, Pete Owen, uh, I talked to him a couple times now and he's, he's agreed to come on the podcast and cause he kept saying, you know, well, we got to have a good bucks, but you got to get a good bucks preview in here. Good bucks preview, blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, and he's a bat, he's a nethead. He loves yeah. basketball. He's legitimately, a big Bucks fan, not just a bandwagon Bucks. He's been a Bucks fan his whole life. Yeah. Um, it, it, have him come on here and talk about it because he's tracking NBA. He he loves NBA, so I think uh, we'll try and get him on and have him do a pre do a little preview with him. And yeah, I think I I think you're right. I think we might have to split it up and like do a thirty and thirty because I don't know how. Else Otherwise, we'll have work. an hour and thirty minutes sort of podcast, and nobody wants that. So no, we might have to make two forty minute podcasts and just really focus in on what we want to talk about and try to to make it work but we'll let you guys know you'll see it when it comes in your feed everybody um remember of course to uh to listen subscribe download rate and review us uh, remember we haven't mentioned this in a while but go give us uh five star reviews out there at uh itunes and apple podcasts and everywhere else uh google play just because it it helps other people to find the podcast um we've been getting steadily more more stuff over the last couple of years we appreciate everybody um of course all of our fans in belarus ukraine and hungary uh hello belarus because yeah. <laughs> it's just interesting to every now and then get those sorts of people here so um but thank you again to everybody um pablo reyes just struck out swinging uh, to end the game so the brewers lose two to one uh Here. we'll see you again uh, next week uh, well, hopefully we have uh, you know a clinch division by then. Knock on wood, and uh, it'd just be good to have you all back with us. Remember, you can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. And you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.